Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I want you to go with me to the book of Acts for just a few moments. I want to go to Acts. Uh, I'm going to go to the 12th chapter of Acts. And I want to preach something that's in my heart and on my spirit. I pray that God makes it relevant and real to your life and to your heart. How many of you believe that God can speak to you about coming things in your life? Coming things. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight from Acts chapter 12. And I'll, I'll for the sake of time, I'll sum the story up in just a moment. But it talks about how that Peter was in prison and the church was in a woman's house named Rhoda and they were praying for him to get delivered and not be executed and have his head cut off like James had been beheaded and he was next in line to be killed. And while they were praying, the Bible said, verse 13, God sent an angel, opened the prison doors, Simon Peter walked out a free man, goes to the prayer meeting where they're praying. And verse 13 says, and as Peter knocked at the door, the, thing they, the miracle they were asking for was knocking on the door. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that the miracle stood at the gate. It's at the door. The miracle's at the door. But notice she didn't open it. Turn, tell somebody she, she, she didn't open the door. I don't get this part of the story. She's praying. The miracle is knocking. I'm here. God's heard your prayer. But she wasn't, she, she, she wasn't open to it. She didn't open the door. And, and watch, the, watch the people in the prayer meeting. I mean, they're in there. I plead the blood of Jesus. Set him free, Lord. Praying in tongues. Praying, praying, praying. And watch this. When she told them he's at the gate, verse 15, they said to her, you're beside yourself. We're praying for something. Don't interrupt our prayer meeting. You're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said... It is his angel it's trying to get super spiritual. No, it's the miracle knocking at the door. Now, Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Now, I, I wish they would have got the King James and, because it's so important. When they opened the door. How many of you in your Bible that you're reading right now, how many of you have your Bible? Let me see your hand. And, and so tell your li less than spiritual friend near you, come here and look at this. I want to show you something. But it says, now, when, when they, they're, they're not doing the italics like the real Bible says. And here's what's interesting. Is the Bible said, notice this, if you've got a Bible, you'll see the words, the door in italics. How many of you can verify that? The door, it's in italics. Raise your hand if you see that in your Bible. Anytime you see, if you're reading your Bible, a, words in italics, it means they were not in the original text. It means the interpreter, when he wrote 
the Bible or put, the, put that in there to make emphasis, but he's letting you know this was not in the original text. You'll see this many times throughout your Bible. Always remember, and there's nothing wrong with it, he's just trying to give explanation. But, but the thing you need to remember is it was not in the original. In this particular case, I want to use it tonight to preach off of because here's how it reads if you don't put the words, the door, in italics. And Peter continued knocking, and when they were open, they saw him and they were astonished. They had to be open to what God wanted to do. It's not enough to pray and believe that God can do great things. You have to be open. You have to be open to the miraculous. You have to be open to a guided step from the Lord at this season in your life, that God really can give you divine direction. When they had opened, they saw something. When they opened themselves to the possibility that God has, is a supernatural God and He has done something supernatural in response to our prayers, then they were, notice the words, astonished. Openness is the key to the miraculous. You've got to be open. The most compelling restriction on the things that we have desired is not being open. Just because it didn't happen in 2016 doesn't mean that it can't happen in 2017. Are you still open? Thank you over here. Are you still open? Now y'all, we ain't going to play that game tonight. You're going to help me preach or I'm going to embarrass you. That's how this goes. This is pull from the pit. I'm preaching in the pulpit and I'm pulling from the pit. It, when I say something good, say amen. amen. The most compelling restriction on what God wants to do is we're not open. I wonder in this service, are we open to miracles? Are we open to healing? Are we open to the fact that God could come in here and just level us? We get so programmed. We get so routine. We get so average and normal that we're not even open to the miraculous. You need to say it again. I know if it didn't happen, you have a tendency just to give up on it. But you need to stay open. God's timing is not your timing. God's way is not your way. Say it again. Get excited again. Believe for it again. And again, we must ever be, there must ever be an unclosable openness in our heart. It hasn't happened yet, but it can happen. And it will happen. Because that's the earliest stage of faith. Faith is the substance of things just hoped for. I'm open. I'm hoping to get pregnant. I'm not, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm open to it. Nor is my wife, I might add. We're not even open to that. But to those of you who are open to that, stay open. Regardless of the odds. Regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of the limitations you face. We must always remain open to the sovereign, supernatural ability of God. Take a praise break and say, I'm open. It's never too late for a miracle. Stay open.
So I had some friends, three preacher buddies, who told me this story, and they claim it's true, and I believe them. I believe one of them. I don't know about the other two. But the one said it, and I believe it. He said they went and played golf. Three preachers playing golf. And two of them are good golfers, and one of them is a terrible golfer. True story. And he said they had played, and the guy that plays terrible was playing terrible. And the other two were having a good day. And they get to one of the holes that is shorter in distance. It's a lower par to make it. And you can actually uh, see, almost see the hole. You can see just around, they, the way they described it, it's just beyond a little group of trees. And then you lose. But you know in general if your ball got in the general direction it needed to go. And so the two guys hit their ball and obviously they, they got it up somewhere around the green. They, they bleed. The last guy who can't golf good gets up and hits the ball and it takes off. And they lost, about that time the sun came out and they said they lost it because of the sun and couldn't really see. So they ride up on the golf cart. They get up on the green and they see the good golfer's ball over here on the green. And then they see the other good preacher, his golf ball's over here. And the guy who can't play good is aggravated because he says, well, nothing new. I don't even know where my ball went. I guess I'll lose another one. And he walked over and he just happened to notice that in the cup there was a ball. And this is what they said he said. Look, somebody left their ball in the cup. Now listen to this. True story. True story. He reaches down. True story, Joel. He says, oh my goodness. And he names the make of his ball. I think it was a Titus or something like that. And, and the number on it. And he says, oh, it's a, a Titus 3. Just like I use isn't that fun? And the funny thing was the preacher said, that is weird that somebody with the same thing, they, it, they were never entertained the idea. True story. The golf pro comes riding up in a golf cart with several uh, maintenance workers. They all come running over about that time. And they said, who hit the hole in one? We saw it. We saw it. You missed it. The man was not even, they're like, who, who? And finally it dawns on them, oh my God, I did, I did it. So resisted such a thing happening. I told them I was going to preach on it. I so resisted such a thing happening in their mind that they were totally close to the possibility. Set up such a defense in their mind. It can't happen to me. It can't happen to me. I'm looking at the evidence of God's goodness and God's favor and God's grace. But it can't happen to me. And I wonder how many blessings are knocking on your door. But you're not open to it. You're not in expectation. You're not in faith. And God sent me to tell you it's time to get open again for the miraculous in your life. Give him a shout of praise if you believe it. Hallelujah. I came tonight to preach to those who are listening to me with closed minds and closed eyes and closed imaginations and hearts that God can bless everybody but you. You have no idea the indescribable things God wants to do for you 
in your life, but you've got to be open to the possibility it could happen to me. Openness is the key to the miraculous. God is looking for someone who will dare to step out of the mediocre, step out of the mundane, step out of the common, and say, I believe it could happen. I believe it will happen. Now, that's when it moves into faith. I believe it is happening, even if I don't see it happening. If it's in the book, I can have it. Open to the possibility. Open to potential that my God can do anything. He can do it anywhere and he can do it for anyone. Somebody's got to get open. We need deliverance from stinking thinking. Too many impossibility thinkers, dream smashers, enthusiasm deflators, depression spreaders. Come on. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Anytime you raise the possibility of something great God could do, I wouldn't get carried away. Don't dream too big. Don't ask too big. Small vision, little faith, low levels of of satisfaction. The last words of a dying church is, but we've always done it this way. Why don't we stay open to God doing it his way anytime he wants to do it? When Israel sent the 12 spies in to try to spy out the land, God never asked them if it was possible. He said, I'm going to give you that land. All I need you to do is go spy it out, get a vision, come back, tell the people how big the grapes, how big the, 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 the fruit is. Tell them how beautiful it is, how clear the rivers are. I'll deal with the giants. You just go and see it. And if you can see it, you can have it. And come back. And then I want you to spread the news to them. And the Bible said that two came back with a faith report, but ten came back. We often, we often call it a negative report, but your Bible calls it an evil report. Because negativism is evil in the sight of God. Evil is a fearful, is fearful because it's only one letter away from devil. And when you're talking your, when you're talking your giants bigger than your God, that's an evil report and it's one letter away from devil. So you really need to get out of that negative evil stuff. When you get negative, you're getting close to the devil. The promises of God are yes and amen. I'm open. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, but I'm open. Now I want to ask you a question. And if you can answer the question and give me what I ask you for in just a moment, I will personally get $1,000 from somebody on the front row and sow it into your life. That's how sure I am of this question that you can't answer. Everybody knows the two names of the two who came back and said, we're well able to take the land. Their name was Joshua and Caleb. But can anybody in this room stand up and recite by memory right now, quickly, the names of the ten spies who did not believe they could take the land? Let me hear it. you got got $1,000 if you can do it. 
You, all right. You got 10,000 if you can do it. I'm on. I'm on. Now, you can't come to the next service and have it already programmed. I know you. You know why nobody knows their names? Because nobody don't care about folks who say we can't do it. Nobody doesn't want to remember people who say we can't do it. We want to know the people who say we can do it. That's the kind of people we want to get around. We need a we can attitude. The giants didn't keep them out. The ten voices on the inside kept them out of their promised land. It's never the giants that keep us out of our promised land. It's the voices on the inside that keep us out of our promised land. In Matthew 25, they had one goal. The man who had all, you remember the story of the talents? He gave one, one talent and gave some two talents and some five talents. And the Bible said that the one who had two talents invested and he got four talents. And the guy who had five talents invested and he had ten talents when the master came back. But there was one guy who had one talent and he hid it. And he said, I was fearful. I... I, I, I didn't want to be ridiculed and made fun of if I failed. So I hid my talent. I took that gift and I didn't reinvest it because that would require risk. And somebody will say if he takes that one talent and does something great with it, who does he think he is? And I didn't want him to talk about me. And I didn't want to get criticized. And I didn't want anybody to make fun of my dream. So I just took the talent and I held on to it and I kept it and I hid it. And you know what God called him? Wicked. He said, you're wicked because you wouldn't take a chance. You weren't even open to the possibility that I could take what you have. And I could make it so much bigger than what you thought you were capable of doing. And because you want to know the Bible definition of wickedness is when you take what God has given you and you live in fear that you're going to lose it instead of using it. God says that's wicked. I love the story in 1 Samuel 14 where it talks about Jonathan and the armor bearer. I'm talking about being open. And the Bible said that Jonathan and the armor bearer had one sword. This is the craziest story in the Bible. And there was a bunch of Philistines. And the Bible said that Jonathan turned to his armor bearer with one sword. They, they had to both hold on to the sword. And he said, let's attack the enemy. And uh, he makes this powerful statement. I believe it's in the sixth verse. He says, it may be, throw it up, it may be, Come on, let's go over there. It may be the most three the three most powerful words in the Bible. It may be the Lord will work with us. What do you mean it may be? You don't know? You're not sure? You don't have a guarantee? No. Sometimes all God gives you is a maybe. And he says, "Are you open to the possibility?" That if you get up and move by faith, I can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could have. All they had, and I, I love the story because he starts out with nothing but a maybe and the armor bearer is as crazy as he is. He says, let's go attack that whole 
army of Philistines. It's just you and I. I was thinking we would surround them. We've got one sword. I'll keep the sword and you just kind of be my armor bearer. What am I going to hold? The empty sword sheath. (laughs) And the armor bearer says, I'm with you. Sounds like a great plan. Let's get them. And they step out on nothing but a maybe. But they were open. They just sensed God saying, I'm pushing you this way. I'm leading you this way. Go on. I know if you're open to the possibility of the miraculous, I'll give you a great victory. And because they were open, the Bible said they slaughtered the enemy. Even though it was, an, it was, it was impossible. The power of possibility. The power of a maybe. It may be. God is with us. Most of the things that God has led me to do, it always was dangerous. It always had the risk of failure. It always, it may be. That's all I had. I mean, I, I felt like God had told me to do it or wouldn't have done it. I fasted about it, prayed about it. But when it came down to it, you don't have any guarantees from God. He just says, are you open to it? When he told me to come out here, he said, are you open to it? I'm not going to force you. I don't push you into it. Are you open to it? Well, yeah, I'm crazy. I'm open. I turned to Sharice. Are you open? Yeah, let's go do it. You've got to stay open. You'll be astonished where God takes you if you stay open. Mary was chosen by God, the Bible said. Do you understand if she was chosen, that that means there were more than one in the running to be the virgin mother of God? But she was the only one that was open to it. When the angel came and said, you've been chosen, highly favored, chosen. I was thinking about four other girls. They're just as pretty as you are, and they're just as pure as you are, and I could have picked them, and maybe, we don't know, he might have went to two or three of them, and they said, I'm not open to that. That's never happened before. But here's one that says, how can this be, seeing that I've never known a man? Nevertheless, at thy word, let thy word be an unto me. I'm open. And she gave birth to the Son of God just because no, she was the only one. No, she wasn't. You can't be chosen if they choose you. on. You know, when I used to play basketball, I was never good. And I hated when they picked teams because I knew where I was going to be about last or next to last. If they're choosing, that means there's several in the running. But she was open. That's all God needed. That's all He needs from you. If God's about to do something that's never been done, He can't go to close people because you've already made up your mind what the limits are that God can have in your life. But if you're open, I'm almost done, but you need to lean in right now. She was open. Mary had no peers she could turn to. None of her girlfriends said, Yeah, I know how you feel. I got pregnant when I was a virgin too. It's never been done before. She just had to be open. I remember when I was there. No, you don't. She's telling the story. God's looking for some people He can use to do some things that have never been done before. 
Our greatest challenge sometimes we think is just to stay with, up with everybody else. If I can be as good as we can be like the other churches, as good as they are. Maybe God wants to do something that's never been done before. Are you open, Free Chapel? Are you open? Well, you know, we need to be mature. If you're, not, if you're not careful, the longer you stay in church, you get so mature, you talk the young people out of their zeal for the Lord. You old stick in the mud. Look like a cover girl for the book of Lamentations every time you come to church. Why don't we let God determine how long it's going to take? Well, it's probably going to take you years and years and years. Why don't we let God determine all that stuff? Why don't we stay open that he could do something that's never been done before? Somebody's got to be open. I'm not going to be shocked when I pick up the ball from the cup and it's mine. I was, expe- I was open to this. I don't want to be shocked. You know, some people, they like you as long as you're doing good. They just don't want you to do too good. (laughs) You met anybody like that? They're cool as long as you're doing good. But then when you get to doing real good, the hero in the story, though, of Mary and Joseph is not just Mary. She was open. But let me close with this thought. Joseph was really open. I want to say thank you, Joseph, if you're listening up in heaven, that you were open. What if you'd have been in his shoes? I'm not calling the musicians yet. I see them moving, but I'm not calling them yet, but I will in a minute. We're engaged, Mary and Joseph, we're engaged. And let me get this straight, Mary. You're having a baby. I know it ain't mine. And you're saying God did this to you. And I don't understand it. But you go, girl. (laughs) Something's about to happen. I've never seen it before happen. You've never seen it before happen. But it's all right. We need some Marys and we need some Josephs to give birth to the supernatural in the church. Dream that dream, build that business, reach that nation. I believe God can do anything. And I love the fact that Joseph said, I'm releasing you. I could put you away. I could. Everybody expects when you begin to show your pregnancy, they expect me to write back then. Even if you got engaged, you had to write a bill of divorcement. And he, the Bible said he could have wrote a bill of divorcement. But he said, no, I'm open. And I release you, girl. I release you to do what God has called you to do. I'm not going to criticize you, Mary. It's time for us to start holding each other up. And say, I'm open to it. I'm not a fighter, I'm a celebrator. I'm not a hater, I'm a celebrator. I want to celebrate the possibility that God could use you in a mighty way. 
God, give us some Josephs who will say it's possible. It's possible. And I support you in what man says is impossible. If God wants us to do something different, I'm open to it. If he wants to heal in a service and interrupt our praise and worship, I'm open to it. If he wants to come down in the middle of a sermon and I've got three points and I just get to point one, I'm open to it. If he wants to heal through your hands on the job when somebody's sick, can the Holy Spirit come on you and you be open? I'm open to it. So I've been, uh, I've been dreaming for, for years of, we have five campuses now. And by the way, you were the first one. It's your fault. You were the first extended campus. And when I say extended, I mean all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. That's an extended campus. These other guys are wimps that have churches 15 minutes away. We do it across the nation. That's crazy. That's kind of weird. And you're kind of weird because God said you will be attending this church. I want you to stay open. But you were the first. We had one campus in Gainesville. And you were the first multi-campus that we had. And then we opened another one going toward Atlanta. And then another one going toward Atlanta. And then one in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And all these buildings were given to us, by the way. It's the craziest thing. It's the craziest thing. This building given to us is the craziest thing. But we just had to stay open. So I've been dreaming for the city of Atlanta for a long time. And one of our youth pastors in Atlanta, I told him, you know, hey, I, I, I don't know why. We were just having a discussion. He went with me on a trip somewhere and I said... He knows Atlanta real well and hangs out down there, just a young guy. And I said, just keep your eyes open. Look around. I've been waiting. I've had real estate agents and waiting and waiting. You just can't find nothing. But I knew God wanted us to have a church in Atlanta. And so this boy, this young man, Brock, he, he goes down there and he goes to one of the greatest areas of Atlanta, beautiful area of Atlanta, Midtown and it's this, it's this place that seats a thousand people and it's usually rented out all week long by rock concert. Uh, they, they a lot of times will launch their tours by having a small intimate gathering of about a thousand people. That's what it seats, a thousand. And they'll test run for several nights their tour. Rap artists, 2 chains, whoever, they all go in there. I'm not making this up. And they, they, will go, they will practice for their tour on the road. And so Brock is a single guy. and There's a single girl that's over the whole thing. And I said, use your charm, man. I love that room. He goes in and he gets to talking and gets to get, getting in there and just gets into that world. At first they were asking a ridiculous amount of money per week. 15,000 plus sound, plus lights, plus all kinds of stuff. And, you know, and he gets to talking. And I don't mean he's manipulating. I was just cutting up about all that. She's just a nice lady. And we found out that the man who owns the place has seen our ministry and has been watching some on television. And so she goes to, he goes to her and he says, Now we can't do that. 
Would you be open to $5,000 a week? But we need the whole sound system because it is an immaculate sound system. And we need all the lights because they have incredible lights. And we need the engineers to work them thrown in. Are you open? She said, I don't know. I'll go back and ask him. Went back. Now we, we got them down from 15000 With all that stuff, it would have been $25,000 a week. We got the whole thing. There it is. You got a better picture than that. Show the big room. The big room. There you go. You, you, we got the whole room and we start next year, first of next year in downtown Atlanta. Look at that. $5,000 a week. I believe for it's over, we'll own it. Come on and shout, I'm open. I'm open. Let me tell you one more quick story. Let me tell you one more quick story. Some of you, y'all don't, you wouldn't get excited if Jesus came back tonight, would you? Well, what's that got to do with us? We're all one family. And when you get happy over a miracle God's given somebody else, maybe he'll give you one. I get excited because I know every one of those seats will be filled with a soul. And I love the fact that the night before, we get it all day Sunday. And they said, you can use it for as many shows as you want. <laughs> oh, they had bars in the hall. <laughs> open bars. That would go good out here. But they had open bars in the hall. <laughs> and they normally charge a cover charge of $1,500 per bar. We said, well, we won't be needing that. You got you to gotta fit. Okay, we'll forget that too. But we might serve some, something free that's good. Open. Anybody open? Am I getting faith in anybody? Anybody open? I don't. So, so let me tell you another quick story and I'll be done. I don't ever talk about this stuff. You don't hear me talk about this stuff. I don't care about... So anytime you say where I'm about to go, people get all upset and get all political. This has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with kingdom business, and I want you to listen. So I agreed to, I prayed, fasted. When President Trump, when he was just a candidate, asked me to serve along with 12 other members or 15 other members on his advisory committee, I prayed about it. I fasted about it. There's a lot of things I don't agree with that he says and he's done. I've made very vocal those things. But I prayed. I fasted. And God said, are you open? Are you open? Now, if you do this, you will be criticized and some people will leave and some people will get aggravated and some people will be judgmental. But if you're doing it for me, I want you to do it. And so I agreed to serve on that and Make a long story short, presence is everything. You can't, you can't have influence if you're not at the table. You can whine and complain and throw fits, and, but if you're not at the table, and by the way, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was the one who said that when he was criticized for meeting with people who he knew were racist. He said, presence is everything. And I don't believe this president is that. But I'll tell you what I did see happen about four weeks ago that rocked my world. I've been to the White House six times. I've met personally with the president four times in groups. And I was in a meeting about three weeks ago in the White House with about ten other leaders. 
Jared Kushner was there. And I felt constrained by the Holy Spirit. I don't know any other way to say it. To bring up the DACA kids. This is, and again, I don't want to get political. I'm just, I'm just, just hear my heart. The dreamer kids, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, do not be silent. Now, I don't say until I feel something, but I'm there to influence and to stand for this book. And I brought up and said exactly what I felt like God wanted me to say. And within four minutes, Mr. Kushner's assistant was sent by Mr. Kushner and whispered in my ear, could you go with Mr. Kushner right now? He would like for you to say what you just said to the president. Me? Is that my ball? Me? Me? Yes, you. Come on. And you ain't got time to think about it. Just move. Within five minutes, I'm sitting in the Oval Office. I've never been in the Oval Office in my life. I'm sitting in the Oval Office. I'm right across the table. I'm looking around. And all of a sudden, the Donald walks in. He sits down, and we're this close. And Mr. Kushner says, I wanted you to hear what this pastor had to say about the DACA kids. And I begin to share with him how they're in my church. They're good kids. And I've seen how your children honor you, Mr. President. I've seen how you love your grandchildren. And America needs to see that heart. They need to see the heart of a father and a grandfather. And these are 750,000 children. It's not their fault they're here. They deserve a chance, a shot at citizenship. Can't we do something? We must do something. I'm not taking credit for it. Don't get me wrong. All I can tell you is the next day he put out a statement and said, if they give me the Congress passes a bill, I will sign it and make those kids legal in our nation. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. We talked for over seven minutes. Don't get political. I'm just saying you got to be open. You'll be astonished where you find yourself at if you're open. Get up on your feet and shout, praise God, I'm open. Praise God, I'm open. Are you open to greater influence? Are you open to greater possibilities? Are you open to greater miracles and the miraculous in your life? Anybody open to a greater possibility and a greater miraculous moving of God in your life? Say, I'm open. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Joseph, Mary's husband. You never questioned God. You just stayed open. You go, girl. I'm not going to leave you. I'm open. That's all God needed out of him to become someone great. I want you to touch somebody and say, I release you. Say, I'm your Joseph. And I release you to do the miraculous. I'm open. I stand with you. 
that your greatest days are not behind you. You're going to look in the cup and you're going to see your little number on that golf ball and don't be astonished when it happens. Hallelujah. Come on and shout. I'm open. Shout, I'm open. Come on, get it in your spirit. I'm open. You might get a phone call this week saying, you know, we were going to give so-and-so this promotion, but we decided to give it to you. Don't you dare say, I just don't know if I can handle it. I'm open. I'm open. You don't know. It may be. Turn to somebody and say, God's going to give you a maybe. And it'll take faith to turn it into the complete miracle. But all he gives you in the initial stage is a maybe. I don't know what to do. I'm done. But I know I feel faith in this room. Listen, 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 listen. You know what that is? The miraculous is knocking on your door. Are you open to greater things? How many of you believe that God has greater in your life? Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're in this room tonight. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.